All right, if you got your Bible this morning, go ahead and turn to Luke 2. Luke 2, New Testament. We talked about Luke 2 last week. Um, They'll mention Luke 2, and we talked about the first seven verses, and we talked about that Jesus, it was uh, prophesied in the Old Testament that Jesus, uh, that the Messiah would come and, and be born in Bethlehem, and we saw that to be true. That was a prophecy fulfilled in the first seven verses of Luke 2. So today we're going we're gonna to look at verses 8 and on and, and, and use a hymn, use a hymn that we sang this morning to kind of look deeper into this part of the story. Um, we're going to look at those who received the announcement of the birth. And, and uh, so if you're, if you're there, uh, this is going to be our main text for the day. Luke chapter 2. We've got the slides on the board, but uh, it may not be in the same um, version that you have. But I'm going to read it and follow along as best you can. It says this, Luke 2, starting in verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That's you and me. We're part of the all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with them, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So, as I said, we're going to be looking at these chosen messengers. And in the song I want to use to help us look at this is uh, Hark the Herald Angel Sing. Uh, so, since Dave officially lifted the band on Christmas music a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I, I've been listening to it at home, at work, in my car. I know, I know I'll be sick of it by Christmas Day. I love, I love Christmas music. I love, I love music, period. So, as I listen to it, there's some things that kind of stick out to me that are, I don't know, maybe maybe you've thought of this, maybe you haven't, maybe it's just me. But some Christmas songs say some weird stuff. <laughs> like, uh, we wish you Merry Christmas. I've listened to that song my entire life, right? We wish you Merry Christmas. But I have no idea what figgy pudding is. This is bring me some figgy pudding. And the le- next line says, I won't leave until I get some. Now, I'll tell you this. If you're making milkshakes, I'm not going to leave until I get some. But if you're making figgy pudding, I'm probably going to head out. I don't know what that is, and I don't really care for it. So <laughs> maybe it is good. I, and I don't, I don't turn away much food. So maybe it is good. I've just never had it. So the Christmas hymn that we're talking about this morning is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Uh, it was originally written in 1739 uh, by Charles Wesley. He's one of the kind of fathers of the Methodist 
uh, denomination. It's changed multiple times over the years, um, but to what we sang this morning, pretty much. And so what we sang this morning, it starts off this way. Heart the herald, angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. So what Wesley's done here is he's used kind of the story of the shepherd, almost like the shepherd is the one singing in this song. And, and because he, he received this message from the angels. The angels didn't say all this, but it says that as we just read in Luke, that these... Um, these shepherds went on to tell of what had been told them and went on praising God and telling this good news. So in, this is Wesley's kind of in, interpretation of what they said and what they saw. Um, so hark is a pretty old word, word. We don't even use that really much anymore. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't use it around my house. I don't, hark, hark, kids. It just means listen. It just means listen up. So the writer, uh, Wesley, he's telling us to pay attention to something that he's afraid we're going to miss. And, and that stands true to us today as it did in, seven, in the 1700s. So he puts this message in the mouth of the shepherds. And, and that's what I want us to look at. According to Scripture, the shepherds, we don't see anybody else actually see the angels. We just see the shepherds. And so there's some things about what they saw that evening that we want to make sure that we see as well. The shepherds who sang this carol seemed pretty overwhelmed by basically three things. Uh, and these three things kind of give us the secret to understanding the true meaning of Christmas. And the first one is this. First, the shepherd, the shepherd or shepherds, were amazed that the angels chose to appear to them, to him. Um, we talked about this last year uh, when we kind of used go tell it on the mountain to say the same thing. But uh, shepherds were the lowest of the lowest of the lowest Jewish society. They were not like. They were the ultimate unskilled, unskilled labor. Shepherd, shepherding was a job that mainly you gave the kids. Uh, if you were an adult and you were still a shepherd, uh, that was not a good thing. That was means you did not succeed at anything else. Um, according to Jewish historians, their testimony, a shepherd's testimony, was not even received in court. It wasn't accepted. And God told shepherds to testify about him, but even shepherds weren't their their testimony wasn't received in court. That was because they were wanderers. They were nomadic. They were they were seen as shifty. Um, and so here's here's what the angels appearing to the shepherd is so important for us because while Christmas time is joyful for a lot of people and, and calm and bright, for others it reminds them of not so good things of maybe some disappointments they're experiencing maybe it makes some feel alone um maybe they you see hey everybody else is going to spend time with family and that's not the case for me maybe it reminds you of someone that was in your life uh, a, a loved one a father a husband a wife a child that's no longer in your life or maybe you forget how broken uh, and dysfunctional your family is until Christmas comes around. <laughs> Sometimes the goal for some families is over the next few weeks that the police don't get called. I mean, that's that can be a goal around Christmas time. Um, maybe Christmas finds you in a situation where you're low on work and you're worried about the future. 
or you're concerned about something that's going on with your kids or your marriage. And so what I want you to see is that the, these shepherds came into this first Christmas as normal guys, as simple, lowly kind of guys, and were maybe not too far off from where you're at. And so, but they were the ones that the angel gave the message to. They are the ones that the angel, angels gave the message to. So second is this. Second, the shepherds must have been amazed at all this celebration over the birth of a baby. Think about it. The angels proclaimed, as, it, as we just read, glory to God in the highest. In the highest. That means that God deserves the greatest, the greatest praise for the birth of this baby. Not good praise, not great praise, the greatest praise for the birth of this baby. And that's pretty remarkable. Uh, think about what these angels, these angels are saying this to these shepherds and think of what these angels had seen. They had been witness, first-hand witnesses to the creation where God spoke a word, let there be light, and millions of galaxies came into existence. They witnessed that. Astronomers tell us that there are a total, get this, I got, I got, I'm going to get sciencey on you, so... I'll wake you up here in a little bit. Astronomers tell, tell us that there are a total of about 3 million trillion stars. That's 3 with 24 zeros. And, and I know, numbers like that start to get past us. Millions, billions, trillions. What does that even mean? That's, that's just so many numbers. So let's see if this helps. 1 million seconds, if we, if we broke it down into time. 1 million seconds ago was Wednesday, December 4th. That's about a week and four days ago, all right? So that's a million seconds. A billion seconds ago would be April 7th, 1988. I don't know where you were in 1988. I was five years old, sitting on the couch watching Alf. You remember Alf? Always trying to eat the cat. I like that guy. How many people in this room aren't even a billion seconds old? There's a lot. I mean, if you count what we got back there. So a trillion seconds. Get this, a trillion seconds ago was 31,688 years ago. That's a long, long, long time ago. So the universe, the scientists tell us that there are 3 million trillion stars. 3 million trillion. And a trillion seconds ago was 31,688 years ago. That's crazy. So the sun, which is at the center of our universe, uh, is not even a very big star. It's a star but it puts out enough energy or the same amount of energy as a trillion megaton bombs. So that's enough energy to run our entire civilization for 5,000 years every second. So one 1,000. The sun just made enough energy to produce enough power to power our world for 500,000 years. And so the angels had seen all that. I'm bringing it back. The angels had seen all that, but that's not what they gave God, uh, God glory in the highest for. They said this, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, held, uh, held the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men uh, to appear, Jesus our Emmanuel here. The, great, the greatest glory that God displayed was His decision to come and die for sinners, to come and live among them and take their place. Why would God do this, they thought. I mean, that, that's crazy. That, that, that doesn't make sense to our logical minds. That, and it didn't make sense 
to the angels. We'll talk about, I'll show you some scripture on that. Um, example, example of this. Uh, about a year ago, in the news, there was this case of, of, of an army guy, of a military guy. His name is Bo Bergdahl. Uh, the case was that he had deserted his unit. Uh, he had uh, been un, he had unbecoming conduct. Um, some even say that he was a traitor. Um, so what they ended up doing is the president at the time traded five Al-Qaeda guys from Guantanamo to uh, the Taliban to get uh, Bergdahl, uh, Bo Bergdahl back. And, and so I remember it being said. I, re I mean, maybe you heard it, maybe the same thing, but it's this thinking of what if these five Al-Qaeda fighters go back and kill Americans? That means that we've traded the lives of good Americans for, for a deserter. And uh, I'm not, I want you to know this, I'm not in the place to judge Bo Bergdahl. I don't know. He did, he did confess. He did plead guilty. I don't know. I don't know about that. What I, what I want you to see is this. Here's what I know for sure. Is that God knew and knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am a traitor that you're a traitor, that we're all traitors. And he didn't trade the lives of five terrorists for you or for me, but he gave the life of his most precious son. I just shared that story with you to put it into context. That's, that's an amazing thing. It, um, scripture to back this up. 1 Peter 1.12, it's talking about the angels and how... They look. To, they long to look into these things. They long to look into the mystery of the gospel. I mean, that's what I want you to see. That the angels who saw God create the universe and they live in His presence in heaven every single day, they long to look more deeply into the wonder of what God did for us in sending His Son. Next part of the song, shepherds saying this, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, Held the Son of Righteousness, light and life around He brings, risen with healing in His wings. The angels see God create with, with words. Millions and trillions of stars. Each powerful enough to you know, power our, our uh, society for 500,000 years every second. But the greater thing is that the power He pours out in His Son... It means, it means so much more. It is such a greater thing. Even after what sin has done, God is able to restore us. Go, song goes on to say, Mild He lays His glory by, born that men no more may die, born to raise the Son of Earth, born to give them second birth. See, the gospel, the gospel is this, that you and I and my children and everybody were, were doomed. We're doomed. And, and Jesus came to save us. Um, we live in a society, we live in a, a country that, that is still defined in a lot of ways as a Christian nation. And in churches, uh, even in our church and in other churches, you can see religious, good, moral people. But the truth is that we're all really rebellious sinners underneath that. And that may sound harsh, but if I examine my heart, 
deep down, I think I know best how to run my life better than God does. That's the sin in me. We've all at some point preferred to make ourselves the focus and the center of our lives, though we ought to do that with God. We, we choose ourselves. And, and that is a form of this moral insanity and treason. And the penalty for treason is death. And I know it's popular today. I know it is. I watch enough kids' cartoons. <laughs> I know it's, it's popular to see ourselves as basically good people with blind spots and weaknesses. Or that we're just misunderstood people with hidden potential. But that's not what the Bible says. It says that we are traitors to God under a curse. And there are only two ways that this curse can be resolved. We can either suffer eternally uh, ourselves, which means we are separated from God in a place forever, and that place is called hell. Or Jesus, in His love, we can accept it, and He absorbs it in our place. That's what the cross was. Jesus dying and absorbing the curse in our place. The Creator dying for the created. And angels can't understand it. I can't either. But I'm thankful for it. I love Him for it. Thank you, Jesus. Mild He laid His glory by, born that men no more may die. I know it's popular today, once again, to say that whatever way you want to go to God, hey, that's good. Hey, we're all seeking God. God is like a mountain. Many roads go up. Uh, they're all headed to the same place. But once again, that's not what the Bible says. It says that salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You see, every other religion, you can check this out. Every other religion teaches that you can save yourself, that you can play a role in saving yourself. If you are good enough, if you do enough religious observances, if you, you, you can be saved. But Jesus taught that we can't save ourselves. So He did it. He did it for us if we receive Him. That's the message. That's, that's the good news. Lastly, the shepherd was probably amazed that he was the one chosen to announce this to others. And, and truthfully, that probably amazes us as uh, you and I, or me. I know it amazes me as well. Think about it. We've already talked about this. The only one who got to see the angels that night were the shepherds. Um, we know that the wise men followed a star, but then we read what we just read in Luke 8 through 20. And they took this message they got from the angels, went and shared it with Joseph and Mary, and then they went from there proclaiming it to others. So everybody else had to hear this announcement from shepherds. And we already talked about a shepherd is a lowly... Oh man, here comes the shepherds. What? They're happy about something. What are they talking about? As well, that one over there says he just saw an angel. <laughs> and... And then told us that the Messiah that we've been looking for these thousands of years, there he's here. Ah. Some believed it. I mean, surely it had to be so. Some believed it, but others probably not so much. The shepherds got glory and songs and angels and everybody else got barely literate shepherds. <laughs> Smelly, barely literate, literate uh, shepherds. And honestly, that would disappoint me because I would want to hear it from the angel. Not the shepherd. 
But this is extremely important. Listen to this. This is very important. You need to learn this about God. Throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, God's primary way of speaking to people is through broken and flawed instruments. Through shepherds. Think about this. Moses, he lived in the lap of luxury for 40 years, and then he took off to the, to the wilderness, and from age 40 to 80, for 40 years, the guy was a shepherd until he saw a burning bush. He was a shepherd. David, before he sang all these songs and was this king, this mighty king, and before he killed Goliath, he was a shepherd. So God's got a history of using shepherds and lowly people. You see, the first time that most people hear the gospel message is from somebody they know, a family member or a friend. And you know what? They know the flaws. They may, you know, it may be one of those things. How can, God, how can you be speaking to me through my older brother or my younger sister? You know how they terrorize me? You know how they, they bug me? Or maybe you heard about it from a, a neighbor, an annoying neighbor. And maybe it's like, man, I've seen what they do and how they raise their kids. I, how are they supposed to know the mysteries of eternity? I, that, that's, that may be your case, maybe, maybe not. But listen, just because the messenger is flawed does not mean the message is flawed. See, God choo chooses as His primary mouthpiece lowly people. He, God chose these shepherds. That's how it was the first Christmas, and that's how it is today. There's a famous Old Testament story that uh, Dell even brought up last week. This prophet, Balaam, uh, he, was, he wasn't a good guy, and he was on the way to do something God didn't want him to do. And so God sends this angel and sets him in the road in, in this path, but Balaam can't see the angel, and the donkey that Balaam's riding can, and so the donkey refuses to go forward. So Balaam, he starts whipping on this donkey, and, and then God allows the donkey to open his mouth, and the donkey says, hey man, stop hitting me. There's an angel right here. Uh, so at this point, if God can speak through a donkey, He can speak through me. <laughs> he can speak through Dave and Dale. He can speak through all of us. So the message to you from the shepherds and from me this morning and the people that maybe invited you today is, hark, listen. God has been pursuing you, speaking to you, trying to wake you up and draw you back to Himself. He wants you to be drawn to Him. He sent His Son to die for you in, in your place, for your sins. He desires to be reconciled to you. Last scripture I want to show you is found in Romans 10, 14 through 15. God does not just want to draw you back to Himself Period. That's not it. That's not the end. That's not the goal. That's not the stopping point. He has more for us than just that. Yes, He wants to draw us back, but to draw us back with purpose. Listen to this. Paul says this in Romans. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. See, God draws us in and allows us to be used to draw others in. He's got a plan for you. 
This is why we weekly pray for countries. This is why we send out missionary teams. That's why Dale and Ray and Warner are in the jungle right now. And this is why, get this, this is us, here we go. This is why me and, and you, we should be looking for opportunities to tell others about Jesus. It is a great thing. I want you to hear this. It is a great thing and a wonderful thing that someone shared the gospel with you. It would be just as great and just as wonderful if you were to do the same for someone else. So I'm going to end with this. Are you ready to hearken, to listen to His voice? Are you ready to listen? Are you willing to let the rush of the season, I know it's busy, I know, hey, I've got Christmas presents I still haven't gotten, I've got stuff to do. I got you. I hear you. But can we put that aside and listen? Can we put aside, if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, can you put aside the objections in your heart and listen? The angels did not come to tell the shepherds to try harder. Hey guys, hey shepherds, do better. That's not what they said. They did not say this. Hey shepherds, keep the law. What they did is they announced the birth of the only one that could keep the law. You see, Jesus was born perfect. He lived perfect. And He died with the full weight of all sin, of all mankind, for all time on Him. And He rose breaking the curse that was meant for you and me. God Himself provided our Savior and Redeemer in the form of His Son. If you don't know that this morning, if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, I encourage you to do so. And, and if you want to talk about it, if you want to pray about it, we're here. I'd love to talk to you about it. So as we leave here, as we leave here, hearken, listen, seek Him, seek Jesus, know Him, know Jesus, and tell others about Him in this season of celebration. All right? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for today. Lord, thank You for um, Your Scripture, Lord. Thank You for speaking to us and, and giving us Your Word, Lord. We, we, uh, we long to look deeper into these things just like the angels do. We, we want to understand and we want to understand to share Your love with others, Lord. We, we, we thank You for the way that You've blessed the church, Lord, and, and given us uh, this location, Lord, and uh, just all the ways You provide for us. For this food we're about to eat, Lord, um, You have been so good. You have been so good to us, and we are not deserving of any. Lord, uh, be with uh, Warren and, and Dale and Ray, Lord, as they're uh, with our brothers and sisters at the churches in, in Peru. Lord, may you just uh, bless their work there, Lord. May it, may it bring you much fruit, Lord. May it grow your harvest, Lord. Um, Be with us this week, Lord, as we, as we continue to study your word. May, may we be faithful to listen. May you stir in our hearts and, and enable us and embolden us to tell others and, and to study your word and, and, and to, to follow you more closely, Lord. May, may we seek you with our hearts.
We ask all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, stay and eat. That's a record for a quickness right there. Nobody tell Dale we got out early. <laughs>